Welcome to the Heart Attack Driver Podcast. My name is Brian Simpson, and I'll be your host. In this episode, I'm in conversation with Michael Latusik, who's a real estate agent from Aspen, Colorado. Back in December of 2020, Michael suffered back-to-back heart attacks only 12 days apart. He has an incredible story. He considers himself to be the luckiest man alive. I hope you enjoy our conversation. Everyone that's tuned in right now, too, um, I just want to point out, Brian's been a really neat, uh, not just a resource, but just has, you know, like, well, like whenever you go through anything traumatic, um, you reach out to people and you find other people that have gone through uh, similar experiences. And um, uh, Brian and I connected, I think, last summer. And um, I, I must say, helping getting my story out there, uh, which it's been, it's been two years, two years ago, December, when I had my heart attacks. But um, to, to keep talking about it and meeting people like Brian has been really neat and, and um, I think advantageous for a lot of people. Um, you think once you survive two heart attacks, you recover. All right, let's get back to life. Well, no, it never leaves me. It's never going to leave me. And being able to share it now um, through someone like Brian and what he's doing on Instagram has been really cool. Um, so, but, uh, in a nutshell, yeah, to you, I'm 55 years old. I was 52 years old and it was December. Um, I live in Western Colorado. I live just outside of Aspen, Colorado in, uh, basalt and, uh, the snow was low for the beginning of the season. And my buddy and I decided to go over to Fruita to go mountain biking for the day, which we do all the time. It's about an hour and a half from me. Uh, I start riding and I feel uh, a little cramp in my chest. I have never paid attention to heart attack warning signs because it does not run in my family. I've never had a doctor tell me that I'm a candidate for a heart attack. Um, I have uh, low to regular cholesterol levels, um, blood pressure is normal, everything. Um, and uh, I was riding for about 10 minutes and it, this cramp wouldn't go away. I just thought I could ride it away. And we're riding in the desert. We're on a ride called Mary's Loop and it goes into an area called Horse Deep Bench. And we are very kind of near the Utah border, but it's along the Colorado River, very remote. And I told my buddies to go ahead. Next thing I know, I got a cold sweat. And that's when it all, that was lights out. Um, all I remember is having the craziest dreams. I was dreaming about my father, who's passed away eight years ago. Um, Bright lights, no idea where I was. And then I just realized I was hearing a voice. And it was my buddy, Tony Thompson, um, who came back to get me. I was still clipped into my mountain bike. Uh, I had no idea what happened. I was wondering why there was dirt in my mouth, dirt in my ears. And he rolled me over and said, you know, dude, what's going on? You're all right. I'm like, absolutely shocked. I had no idea what happened. And he's done a lot of backcountry stuff and dealt with a lot of situations like this. And we both just said, you're having a heart attack. And that's all we can assume. And I just sat up against this rock while Tony went and called Mesa County Search and Rescue. And a helicopter came in within about 10, 15 minutes, thanks to Tony. And having some of these details and pointing out because they're important because around here we do a lot of things alone or we do a lot of things very remotely. And he had a really fancy Garmin watch on and he was able to give the coordinates to 
the search and rescue team perfectly and they showed up 50 yards from me um and i was at st mary's hospital in grand junction within about a half an hour and i underwent surgery where they put two stents in my artery my lad the lower anterior descending otherwise known as the widow maker so i had a full-blown blockage heart attack um and um i spent four days in the hospital there um it was during covid so no one could visit me i had to wave to my wife out in the parking lot um they left they kept me in there for a few days because typically when these kind of heart attacks occur you can have a second one i was i felt fine i went home and eight days later um this one knocked the crap out of me literally I I almost didn't make it. I had another heart attack at home. Um, and my daughters were at home. My wife was out running errands. And it was um, uh, it was arrhythmia um, caused by inflammation from my previous heart attack uh, 12 days prior. Sorry, 12 days prior. They're 12 days apart. That was December 21st. Um, my daughters heard a big thud in the kitchen. They looked downstairs. They could see my feet in the kitchen. There was blood everywhere because I hit my face on the counter. Um, my daughter, Lauren, who's 15 now, she's 13 at the time. She and her sister came down. They were getting the dogs away from me because they were licking my face. And Lauren uh, called 911 and started giving me CPR. And um, she had learned that from babysitting. Um, the paramedics the police showed up at the house within about 10 minutes five minutes 10 minutes i can't remember anyways um they came in when one friend chris cohan who's an emt originally thought i shot myself he thought it was a suicide because there's so much blood on the floor and my girls described him they said no he, he collapsed we think he's having another heart attack they got the aed out uh aaron munch uh, officer munch couple of police got the aed out I didn't have a pulse. Um, it turns out I went 11 minutes without a pulse, and my wife and my girls were on the front yard with another police officer waiting for me to have this pulse. They were obviously scared as ever. Um, finally got one. They put me in the ambulance, Valley View Hospital in Glenwood Springs. I spent four, year, four days down there. Um, I was 24 hours on a ventilator as well. I almost didn't make it. That one really crushed me. I don't remember a thing. Um, it scared my family to death, obviously. Um, they weren't sure I was going to make it, but um, I did, and I can't believe I did. And now I'm here to tell the story, and um, not a day goes by that I don't think about that and what happened. And um, I got home Christmas Eve 2020. Don't remember Christmas at all. Don't remember anything for a week or two. Went to cardiac rehab for three months. Uh, my brothers and sisters came to visit me. I have seven brothers and sisters. I'm the youngest of eight kids. Um, and heart condition does not, apparently does not run in our family. So everyone was kind of shocked. And because I'm very healthy, I love to ski, I mountain bike a lot. I fly fish and I try to keep healthy. I quit drinking seven years ago. Um, the only thing I ever did, I enjoyed recreational cigars. And because I didn't have a vice, I wasn't drinking anymore. So that was kind of it. Um, 
But anyways, we were all kind of confused, but also very happy, thankful that I was alive. And from there on out, I was just um, recovering. Heart attacks are really strange. There's really no pain involved in the recovery. Um, but the uh, the mental side of it is will just stop you and catch you just look, staring out the window say, why am I here? Why did I survive this? Is it going to happen again? For months afterwards, I felt like the Grim Reaper was following me around. I was going to have another heart attack. So, um, but it's just having family and having friends, my wife and my girls and close siblings and friends, seeing them each day really puts to your brain the emotional side, the value of friendships and people. And that's, <laughs> that's really what it all comes down to the stuff that I could care about. And my girls give me a hard time sometimes these days when I just don't pay attention to certain things because it doesn't matter. And that's kind of my take where it, if it comes to family, friends, um, relationships, you know, I, I value them big time, but after having a heart attack and two of them and almost losing my life, um, being able to see people and spread the word and keeping healthy and, and not getting distracted by stupid things, um, trivial things is a lot of what I've gotten out of this and talking to Brian through a lot of this. Um, and he's been a huge resource in getting me off some of the meds because you gotta, you gotta weed through all that, figure out what works, what doesn't work. I hate beta blockers. I've been on for almost two years and got off from around Thanksgiving and feel much better. Um, sleep apnea. I just got diagnosed with sleep apnea in the fall that my cardiologist thinks that was, it could have been a huge contributor to my heart attacks as well. So anyone listening, watching, um, I have central sleep apnea. I don't snore. I'm not loud. My wife was like, no, you're, you're silent. But then we checked and she realized that I'm not breathing during the middle of the night. So that's central, which means your brain is not telling you to breathe in the middle of the night. So I lose a lot of oxygen. So now I'm on a CPAP machine and that helps a lot. Um, so there's certain precautions that if I would have checked this out years ago may have helped me, but, um, uh, in the same breath, it's just, um, uh, you know, health wise, I don't know what I change. Um, like I said, it came out of nowhere. And heard of people all the time see me and like, hey, how are you feeling? You, you doing okay? And I kind of laugh and like, I feel fine. I felt fine before my heart attacks. They come out of nowhere. There's no warning whatsoever. And yeah, they say your arm may go numb. I had a cramp that just felt like a little cramp that was going to go away. That was it. It was minimal. Um, so go see your cardiologist, my local cardiologist here, Dr. Joe Schuler. He's phenomenal. He's been a huge support for me. Um, he, uh, every time I see him, he says, Michael, thanks for all the business <laughs> because I spread the word and everyone goes to see him. Get your coronary calcium scan, do your stress test. Um, I've lost two friends in the last year, um, same age as me. 5 a.m., they get up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom, pass out heart attacks so um uh it's that's how quick it can happen so um uh anything else brian yeah i mean it's uh, i can go on for days and days talking about it um but um 
you know, having the support of family and, you know, we do talk about it sometimes, sometimes we don't talk about it just because we know it's there and I think about it all the time, but um, every day is a gift and I can't believe I'm here to talk about this because having two in two weeks um, is just outrageous, but um, yeah, it's incredible. Um, You know, like I said, just the fact you were, you had people around you that, provided this outcome right your friend who happened to know your exact coordinates was able to get a hold of you know the uh um the proper people to come in with helicopter and just just everything i mean you're here for a reason michael for sure um i just want to uh you know just you know again reiterate what you're saying is that symptoms you know there are some textbook symptoms but they can be different and i'm I'm a case too i had completely different symptoms as well when i started i I saw a, a gold orb when things started to go, you know, uh, wrong for me. And, and again, it's just important to, you know, research the symptoms for a heart attack for men and women. They're different. And, uh, and it's important to know that. And, and, and when I was and Brian, real quick too, when I was riding, it never dawned on me. That's what's, I guess if people, maybe if it runs in the family and you might be, which would make, which would be nerve wracking to always suspect you might have a heart attack. I just figured it was, you know, like we all, whenever we do cardio, there's always something, especially at our age, there's always something that's going to be tweaked or hurt. And that's what threw me off that I just, it's a little cramp, which that was the first sign. Um, so it's, it's one of those things, how serious do you take them? Does it go away? Does it not? Um, and that's tricky. That's really hard. And I guess it's just a matter of seeing your cardiologist and see what, what they say or your chances are. So, yeah, I mean, it's hard. You mentioned coronary calcium scan. That's something I know that is a, is a good test to um, look at the state of the condition of your arteries. Um, it's, a, it's a really important one to, to do and to have your doctor, if you you know get a referral to a cardiologist to have done. Um, because, yeah, it's hard to predict. I mean, I, I, I'll too um, share that I didn't have high cholesterol. I didn't have high blood pressure. I was the last person, you know, when I started to have symptoms, um, thinking that it was a heart attack. And, uh, and again, it's just, it's just important. That's why we do this. That's why we raise awareness. It is the number one killer of men and women uh, worldwide, cardiovascular diseases. And, and everybody's different and everybody's story is different. Uh, how mentally, I mean, you know, you talked about, you know, going through that why me and the fear is real. And I just, you know, again, I, you said you went through cardiac rehab. Did they talk about um, you know, how you're doing mentally. Cause I, quite often it's all about the heart instead of the person. Um, good question. Because I, when you're in decent shape, like we are, um, it's one thing if I were a hundred pounds overweight or, you know, a, a smoker or drinker, or all that, then, then you realize that there's changes you got to make. Um, I, since it was such a surprise to me, the mental side of it, took over a lot more than the physical recovery of cardiac rehab. Um, I did it for three months, three days a week, went to a little local place here through Aspen Valley hospital. And it was, um, it was wonderful because I'm in a room with five other people that have suffered heart attacks. Um, I was probably the youngest by 10, 15 years. I get in there, meet them all. I'm nervous. And then Due to HIPAA regulations, they can't really talk about other people and their, their, you know, 
dramatic experiences and health experiences. But after a few minutes of meeting people, they finally would say, oh, wait, you're that guy. We heard about you. <laughs> two, two heart attacks in two weeks. And then they started feeling more like, a, you know, uh, a carnival, you know, uh, event or something like that. And people are like, oh, you're that guy. And I'd go to places and like, man, I heard about it. Um, that came up. So the, but, but when you say the mental side of it, I, 11 minutes without a pulse, they're worried about my mental state, um, brain, et cetera. And fortunately, as far as I know, I'm, <laughs> I'm okay. But the, um, the depression is real for the first six months. Um, and I did take some moon enhancers, which didn't really fit with me. Um, and it just through time, it gets better and better. But to this day, um, my bandwidth isn't nearly, I can't handle, like if it's big crowds or if it's busy days or it's busy parties and stuff like that, I'm fine in doing all that stuff. But my um, my uh, tolerance and is, doesn't last as long. And after 10, 15, 20 minutes, half an hour, of certain events, if there's a lot of commotion, I have to leave the room. I have to take off. Um, the and, and and in the evenings, I'm definitely tired, more tired. Um, I think I'm thinking clearly, um, but in the whole gist of it, the mental recovery part of heart attacks, it was my biggest struggle. It it was a constant why, and is it going to happen again? And I'll never forget when they let me ski. I was able to ski. This happened mid-end of December. I was able to ski beginning of February. And I went skiing with my wife up at uh, Buttermilk, just take it easy on some groomer runs. And I, I swear to God, I felt like I was going to have another heart attack. I felt fine physically, but I literally thought, like, the groom reaper was going to come out of the trees and just take me down. And I got, I got that way a lot when I was driving with my kids. I'd get nervous that it was going to happen again. But constantly seeing my cardiologists and doing things right and taking the right meds, et cetera, and then telling me the chances are, are nil, you know, that helps. But um, uh, the mental side of it is really hard and on a daily basis. And one quick story, too, about cardiac rehab. And I'll never forget, I walked in there after being there for a month. And Julie Puchkoff, who was wonderful, she just retired from there, but I walked in, I had a horrible work day, and she was even surprised I was working so much. I'm a real estate agent, and um, and I came in, and I lost like a $5 million deal, and I was all bummed out, and I'm walking out at the end, and she could tell that I was really down on myself, and she just looked at me, and she's like, Michael, I'm sorry you had a bad day, but at least you're here to experience that bad day. And to this day, that sticks with me constantly because when I do have bad days, it doesn't matter to me. Yeah, it's a bad day, but I'm here to experience it. And it constantly, that's the thing, Brian, the mental side of it. Every occurrence, whether it's me driving to run errands for the family or whether it's work or whether it's skiing with people or seeing people, if I wasn't there, I constantly think about that. If I wasn't here, how would this situation be different and that i think will be with me for a lifetime it's what a, what a gift she gave you in saying that because it's so true it is like you know you you are uh here to experience it and and, and uh doesn't matter how bad the day can be she just said you're here to experience even your shitty days and i just thought all right you got me there okay and i 
you got me walking out with a smile, even though I'm in a really horrible mood. <laughs> so, no, what a, what a gift. What a gift. Um, so, you know, I asked you this question to ponder, um, you know, reflecting. Obviously, you've shared a lot already, but reflecting on this experience and, uh, you know, just if you were to be able to go back to your younger self and, uh, and share, you know, what you learned, um, you know, through this experience, through this heart attack journey you've been on, is there any, any, uh, advice or, uh, nuggets you'd want to share with your younger self? You know, it's, it's very similar to a lot of the little daily tips and tidbits that we get. And I, you know, I'm 55 years old and you definitely get wisdom as you get older. I mean, if I could talk to my 25 year old self, you know, when I was having the time of my life and, you know, you could do no wrong. You could, you know, stay out all night. You could ski all day. You could go to work and show up, et cetera. Um, You know, I look back on a lot of that and definitely moderation a little more is better. Um, You know, I, um, I, I also, that's health-wise, um, try not to burn the candle at both ends, take it easy. Um, but it's also, um, you know, talking to my younger self, it's more, you know, it's the distractions. Be careful of distractions. Be careful what you're spending time on. Spend your time on on people and spend your time on, on loving yourself don't worry about what it's the world is a huge place there's different people everywhere there's different perspectives there's different attitudes there's different judgments so to speak and but you but more about appreciating yourself as a person and um not getting distracted by what society may think is the right way to do things um and uh just you know t- slowing down um our world moves way too fast these days and like i said it's easier for me to say the older i get but um slow it down pick up the phone talk to your parents if you still have your parents close friends reach out to them um because it can all be over before you know it and the regrets you may have and not reaching out to certain people. I don't really have any regrets in my life, but if it were anything, it would be, you know, just not being more present with the people that are dearest to me and closest to me. And, um, I think about that every day all the time now. Yeah, that's beautiful. I think, um, there's a lot of good things in there. And, and again, there's a gift. That's one thing that I've experienced, you know, on my journey is, you know, I, I look at it as a gift, and, and every day there's gifts that are given uh, to us, and, and are you present enough to receive them? And uh, it sounds to me like you've uh, you've had that uh, awakening, as I call it, and uh, and I'm, I'm happy for you that you're still here and you're uh, you're doing well. And um, yeah, I mean, like I said, you're you're living, you know, you're living your life, and, and that's what we're here to do is to live it, live it to its fullest. Hundred percent, and. Um... Yeah, it can be taken away. Like I said, when you're 20, 30 years old, you know, the world is infinite. Your life is infinite. But you go through, whether it's a midlife crisis or a major traumatic experience, losing your parents, I know, can change your outlook on life. Having two heart attacks um, has 
uh, not a moment goes by that I just realize that each day is a gift and everyone that's around me um, is here for a reason and I can't appreciate them anymore than, than still having time with them. Yeah, so... Yeah, no, that's great, Michael. Well, listen, um, just want to just, uh, because it is Heart Month, Heart Awareness uh, and Heart Health Month, and it's wear red. That's why I'm wearing red today. Um, just want to remind everybody, who's go to your doctor. Make sure you're getting your yearly physicals. Make sure that you're, you know, asking questions about your family history. And, uh, again, know your numbers. Get your blood work done. And they're not always indicators that you're going to have a heart attack, but they, there can be some signs that, uh, that can tell you that maybe some changes need to be made. And, uh, and it's important because cardiovascular disease, it's the number one killer of men and women worldwide. And uh, it's important for people like Michael and I to share our stories because it helps to normalize it and it helps uh, people to realize that there is, there is life after a heart attack. It's not a death sentence. And uh, I think we're both living proof of that, Michael. So, so thank you for coming on today and sharing your story. It's a powerful one. And thanks to everybody that tuned in today. Brian, thank you very much. And anyone has any questions, feel free to reach out. Um, I'm happy to continue talking about my experiences and, um, just take care of each other and, uh, go see your cardiologists and, um, uh, yeah, keep living. Thank you, Brian. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Michael. So many great things were brought up. What an incredible story he has. And, uh, definitely I hope, uh, you are going to get, one or two things out of our conversation that will help you or one of your loved ones who's uh, struggling after a heart attack uh, to move forward. As always, uh, if you haven't hit subscribe, please hit subscribe now. If you know of someone that this content would resonate with, please share it. It's how we grow it. And I'll be back with another episode. I've got a few in the queue. Uh, so hopefully I'll be back uh, sometime early next week with another episode. Bye for now.